Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Two big stars in the NFC are not showing up right now, and it's a bit of a problem for their teams. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We've got Trayvon Diggs, who got $97 million from the Cowboys. We've got... Oh, yeah, there was a little bit of money. Ooh, don't, don't, don't gloss over that, man. Don't, don't gloss over $97.5 million. Okay? That's a lot of money. Well, then... A lot of money. You've got the 49ers finding out that their quarterback and Brock Purdy is cleared, ready to go, no restrictions. But Nick Bosa is not showing up for the 49ers right now, and Zach Martin is not showing up for the Dallas Cowboys. These are two teams with Super Bowl expectations. Now... Just to be frank, I have no question in my mind that a Nick Bosa deal will get done sooner rather than later. Mm. I have no concerns over that. But the other thing I don't really concern myself with is the fragility of the 49ers. I don't think they are a, a terribly fragile team. But why is it with the Cowboys, Canty, that every time you have a little thing like this, it feels like a, a prolonged Zach Martin holdout could turn into something much, much bigger of a problem for Dallas. Well, I, I think that when you look at where Dallas is at, their defense is going to be what wins the day. But according to Mike McCarthy, the game plan that he wants to execute, which is taking his offense back to the 90s where they're, they're focused on the run game, you're not going to have a lot of success unless you have Zach Martin in the fold. Mm-hmm. Everything you want to do on the offensive side of the ball, according to your head coach, is going to go through number 70, your right guard. If you don't have Zach Martin, then your offensive line isn't going to be as dominant as it once was. You're going to have a harder time keeping pressure off of Dak Prescott, who has shown himself to be turnover prone the last two years. And you're going to have a harder time getting the ground game going without Ezekiel Elliott and with Tony Pollard coming off of a major injury. The, the Dallas Cowboys don't have a bell cow running back that they can rely on to give the ball 20 to 25 times a game. So you're going to have to do it by committee. And by committee is going to rely on an offensive line opening up some holes in order for those guys to have space to operate. Without Zach Martin, that ain't happening. So, again, I'm not saying that the Cowboys don't have time to work this out, but if we're looking at the two situations, the two holdouts between Zach Martin with the Cowboys and Nicky Bosa with the San Francisco 49ers, I think there needs to be more urgency on the side of the Dallas Cowboys just because their offense has a long road to go in order to get this team where they want to be, which is competing for a title. Here's Jerry Jones on the very topic of Zach Martin's holdout. Just not going to discuss anything about uh, any player, any of our players' agreements. We have great communication with, frankly, everybody. We won't be discussing any of the football business aspect of this thing. Nothing to concern me about anything to do we're doing with the contractual situations. We We get get stuck stuck on that. that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, here's the thing. We knew that the Cowboys wanted to take care of Trayvon Diggs and C.D. Lamb early on in training camp, right? The C.D. Lamb deal is the next deal that's on the docket. And then after that, they'll address what's going to happen with Zach Martin. They'll address what's going to happen with Dak Prescott, potentially. But what I'll say is this. The tenor, the tone coming out of Dallas about Zach Martin is very different than the tone coming out of San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan spoke about Nick Bosa holding out yesterday, and he said, guess what? We can fine him $50,000 per day, but he's not going to pay those fines. You know why? Because Shanahan understands Nicky Bosa is still operating under his rookie contract. He hadn't received a second contract, so the franchise is in position to waive the fines if and when they get a long-term deal worked out, which is absolutely what they do. Shanahan said it. Nicky Bosa is not going to pay the fines. That lets me know they have every intention on making Nicky Bosa one of the highest-paid players on the defensive side of the ball in NFL history. I'm not panicked about that. What I am worried about is Dallas because their best player, Zach Martin, is not the top priority in terms of contract extensions going into training camp. They got other work that they got to get done. And so I think it becomes a lot trickier when you're negotiating with a player, albeit an all-pro caliber guy, but he's in his early 30s. You know, you're talking about more career behind him than in front of him. What exactly does a deal look like, an extension look like for Zach Martin where both him and the club are going to be satisfied? I think it's trickier to work out that extension than it is for the 49ers with Nicky Bosa. Well, here's the bigger issue. You should be worried about the Cowboys because the Cowboys, I know that you don't think they're a playoff team this year to begin with, but I do, and I think most people expect the Cowboys, and certainly Dallas does, they expect them to be right there in contending once again, and at least pushing the Eagles in the NFC East and certainly being a, a playoff team this year. But why Well, is- let me be clear about one thing, and I want to interject this. I don't think the Cowboys aren't a playoff team because of a lack of talent. No, no, no. I think, I think the Cowboys aren't a playoff team because I don't trust the head coach right. when it comes to game management, when it comes to play calling, when it comes to overall discipline, and I don't trust the quarterback when it comes to taking care of the football. It's hard to win and get into the playoffs when you don't trust the head coach and you don't trust the quarterback. And that's where I'm at with Dallas. And the issues with Zach Martin on the contract front are only going to serve to exacerbate those issues. So that's, that's why I'm looking at Dallas with a little bit of a side eye. They got the talent to be in the postseason. I mean, th- there's, there's no reason why they shouldn't be. But when you look at the head coach, when you look at the quarterback critically, based on what we've seen the past couple of years, even though they've got 24 wins – you have to be a little bit uncomfortable with the direction things are going. Well, that's exactly where I was going. Because when you have little things like that pop up and you have a head coach who has decided that he's going to take over the play calling, uh, uh, when you have <laughs> no, no virtual reason whatsoever to have gotten rid of Kellen Moore last year, and somehow you want to just do it your way if you're going to go down... How- Big fella, how long did it take Kellen Moore to get a job after Mike McCarthy Eight seconds. Fired him? Eight <laughs> seconds. The plane was waiting for him. And that's the point, Chris. When you ha- let these little things pop up, if I'm the Cowboys, this sucker has got to be as smooth sailing as possible. I can't let there even be a pebble in the road in front of me because those, those are the things that have traditionally gotten in my way and caused us to screw it up. And, and this is one of those teams, because of the talent you just spoke of, they yeah. can't screw this up. Yeah. You can't 
afford to screw this up again. I would argue talent-wise, this team is up there with some of the teams that they've had over the last 30 years. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, from a talent standpoint, big fella, they might be on par with the 2007 Dallas Cowboys, a team that I'm very familiar with, the team that I was on, yep. when they had, what, 13 Pro Bowlers on that team? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this Cowboy, this version of the Cowboys, they have that kind of talent. But coaching and chemistry matters in this league. Taking care of the football matters in this league. And that's what I worry about with Dallas. Like, if this, this thing is going to be spectacular for the Cowboys in 2023, one way or the other, either they're going to be really, really good or they are going to grossly underachieve when it comes to the expectations that we have for them. It can only go one of two ways. But based on Mike McCarthy as a head coach, which one would you put your money on? Give me the under. Yeah, I understand it. So when you look at it now, though, you got the 49ers, you got the Cowboys, you got the Giants doing what they did. Who are the big who is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? Now, on paper, there's virtually no question that it's the 49ers. Mm. Because they are again coming to talent, the most talented team, and they got to the NFC Championship game last year with Brock Purdy and the Eagles. And I know that people get wrapped up in saying, well, you can't, you know, the game isn't played on paper and all that. In this case, I'm playing the game on paper. (laughs) Give me the 49ers in this group. And I know these other teams have done what they've done, and they're all in on trying to win now and get up in front of the Eagles because the NFC is just not that good. But, Canty, I do think there is a separation between the 49ers and those other two teams. Yeah, I think it's Philadelphia, draw a line. Then you're probably talking about San Francisco. Is it a bold draw line? Another line? Is it a which, bold which, line between Philadelphia and San Francisco? Yeah, In other words, yeah. a big gap. Yeah, and then you, draw, you have San Francisco, draw another line, and then you have the other teams, Dallas Cowboys included in a group, that you know, the Seattle Seahawks, um, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, teams of that ilk. I think the Cowboys are closer to that group than they are San Francisco or Philadelphia. And I know that might be a little bit of a, 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 a pearl clutcher for some people. That might be shocking. But, but if you look at the Cowboys critically, you look at what they are as a team, you look at how they've lost in the playoffs the last two years to the San Francisco 49ers, I think it's clear that there is a delineation between what it takes to win a championship out of the NFC and what Philadelphia and San Francisco are bringing to the party in comparison to everybody else. Now, what I will say about San Francisco, I'm a little bit concerned about losing Mike McGlinchey on that offensive line in free agency. You lost a couple of rotational edge rushers on the defensive side of the ball. You lost Al Shahir, a, a nice piece in that linebacking core that featured Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And most importantly, you lost Tomiko Ryan, your defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes is a competent D.C. He's going to be stepping in. But I'm interested to see how San Francisco manages or mitigates the losses, the defections that they had this offseason. How they do that is going to go a long ways to determining what their ultimate ceiling will be. See, now we know how the Eagles did that this offseason with what they did in the draft. We were all praising them for everything they did in the draft and the continued influx of Georgia players to Philadelphia. But the one thing I'll say is I have the 49ers closer to the Eagles than you do just because of the coordinator position because they lost both of their guys. And there is an adjustment period when you're bringing those two 
uh, you're bringing both new coordinators into the situation. I am very curious as to how that plays itself out with Steichen gone and with Jonathan Gannon gone at this point. So I, I, considering they they already got there and they and they just got the news that they did on Purdy, I put the 49ers a little bit closer to the Eagles. Okay, eight, I eight, hear you. Eight eight eight. I, eight, eight go ahead. No, I'm just. I, I hear you. I don't. I don't necessarily see it that way. I think it's it's the Philadelphia Eagles conference to lose. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So that is the question to you. Your calls, the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC. San Francisco, is it the Giants? Is it the Cowboys? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will hit your calls coming up. Plus... We haven't talked about this, but um, there was an incident at the Barbie movie that we have to discuss. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. God, I hated this song when it came out. <laughs> I really did. And I, and I have to say, as it has come back, I have grown to hate it even more. <laughs> it's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You can catch Greeny on the ESPN app. You can watch it there. Just click on watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. You know, the one thing about that, before we get to the calls, we've got a bunch of them right now that we're going to get to here in 90 mm-hmm. seconds. But I do have to spend a minute on this. Have you seen the Barbie movie yet or not? I have not. Are you planning not. to? I am. We're going to do the Barbie, Barbieheimer. Is it Barbenheimer? Barbenheimer, yeah. Bar- we're going to do the Barbenheimer thing. So we're going to go to see Barbie one day and then the next day go see Oppenheimer. The wife and I have already committed to it. We just haven't gotten around to executing yet. Hey, Cam, you were planning on uh, Barbenheimer ringing as well. Is that a verb? And It is now. It is now. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's your situation? Have you gone yet? I, I saw Oppenheimer last night. I'm seeing Barbie tonight. Oh, really? You went Oppenheimer first? Yeah. I needed a palate cleanser so after a three-hour movie on nuclear warfare. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm hoping this will be a solid game plan. Yeah. I'm hoping this will be a little lighter experience. But Oppenheimer was incredible. Like, yeah. wild, amazing movie experience. Just a very dense and intense movie. Yeah. So. I am looking forward to seeing it. I will not be attending the Barbie movie because my wife has no interest. 
We have no kids. And if I go see the Barbie movie, that's just not good. That's not a good look. I don't. I don't. But Plus, I feel like you have to for the culture, though, Carlin. Like I, a part I, of your job is to understand pop culture and to be able to talk about these things. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, that's a part of the. That's a part of the job description. So you need to go out and see the Barbie movie just so we can talk about well, it. Well, I will tell you what. I will go if there is guaranteed a fight like there was in one theater in Brazil. <laughs> who, like, first of all, who would ever have two people fighting? At a screening of Barbie. Whoever would do that. But these two women, apparently, at the end of the movie, as the credits are rolling, just started brawling. And I couldn't, for the life of me, for days find out why. Kitty, how about this? One woman was allowing her kid to watch YouTube on full blast in the middle of the movie. So the other woman comes up at the end of it walks up the steps in the theater and as uh, uh, is it Ben with us today is Ben right correct yeah yes. Ben put it during the break a little one piece combo she got right there for doing that <laughs> well how first of all you can't have a one piece combo if it's a combo it's got to be at least two pieces right <laughs> it's got to be the two piece well but she got was, one and a biscuit i'll tell you that she got one and a biscuit side <laughs> <laughs> of beef Yo, but here's, but here's the thing, though. First of all, a couple of things. If you're going to fight at the movie theater, you would think the fight would be about getting in to see the actual movie, right? Right, or Not, even, so even it the would assigned seating now, the, too, right? Yeah, it would happen. Bef- but either way, it would happen before the movie, not right. after. Right. So there's that part of it. Secondly, if you had such an issue with the lady letting her kid watch YouTube on full blast during the movie... Why wouldn't you handle that earlier so you could enjoy your movie experience? I agree. Why wouldn't you go and find somebody who works there? Yeah, well, or or just go and, and give it a the two piece combo, <laughs> all flats. Well, I mean, you could go do that off the top, like, and not worry about it. You yeah. know, give her give her the biscuit, all of that stuff. You can do that ahead of time. Like, I don't understand doing it at the end of the movie. You've already suffered through listening to YouTube while trying to watch Barbie. Like, at that point, you might as well go on about your business. Yeah. I don't I, understand fighting after the fact. That makes I, no sense. I, in no way would I ever advocate any kind of violence, but she had it coming. I mean, <laughs> like, if you're going to do that, I can imagine another woman being very upset by that. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I would want to break the iPad more than break the woman's face. That's probably true. Yeah, like, I would just walk up, grab the iPad, slam it down, and then walk out of the movie theater. God, now, that would probably lead to another altercation, but I would feel more comfortable doing that than just punching somebody in the nose. Oh, I hate this song so much. And I, and I said, I told you the other day, here at the seaport, there are people running around. Everybody's wearing pink because there is a Malibu Barbie cafe right nearby here in South Street Seaport in New York City. Have you stopped by the cafe? I have not. I have Why not. not? That's a part of the immersive experience for Barbie. I'll tell you, the marketing around this movie has been unbelievable. It really has been, but Canty, if I want to pay $65 for a hamburger, New York offers plenty of choices for that. <laughs> I don't no, need I, to do I it. hear you. I'm just saying that the movie, I mean, the movie is a wave. You're talking about it grossing yes. over $300 million worldwide. And it's and, only and been it's out, been, what, a week? It's been out a week. Yeah. That is nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> absolutely insane. It's Canty and Carlin. Let's hit the calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Doug starts us off first on ESPN Radio. Doug, who is challenging the Eagles in the NFC? Uh, it's definitely the Cowboys. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out 
the the last time that Dak Prescott has played against the Philadelphia Eagles, he's beat the crap out of them all every time. He beat them fifty-one to twenty-six. He beat them forty-one to twenty-one, and they said, "Well, that was two years ago." Then last year, when he came back, he scored forty on them. He scores forty on them every time he plays them. So I don't understand why you think it's such a large gap between somebody that definitely is better than the Eagles. Who went to the Super Bowl last year? Who went to the Super Bowl last year? Who went to the Super Bowl last year? Okay, let me ask you this, Chris. Chris, yeah, you, you got to kill the radio. I got a question for you. You, you, you got to kill the radio. The game that they scored forty on, Jalen Hurts didn't play in the game. Like Jalen, it was Gardner Minshew as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they beat the Eagles thirty-four to forty. And Minshew was on his way to bringing the Eagles back in an epic second half. Is there All anybody? I'm simply saying is this: your point. Who went to the Super Bowl? It was the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Your your point about who has the better quarterback? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Your point about who has the better coach? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't even think those think those things are debatable. I mean, Jeremy Fowler came out with his list of the quarterback rankings by executives and personnel um, decision makers around the National Football League. Jalen Hurts was ranked sixth on that list, and we felt that was disrespectful. Dak Prescott was ranked ninth, and we both thought that was high. Like, this is a quarterback that's turned the ball over 35 times in the last 31 games. Furthermore, the Dallas Cowboys offense led by Dak Prescott in their last two playoff losses combined for 29 points scored. Combined. 12 points and 17 points respectively. This is not that's a why, That's why I'm saying that the Cowboys are a little bit ways off from the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember, the same San Francisco 49ers defense that held the Cowboys to 12 points in the divisional round let the let the Eagles offense drop 31 on them in the NFC Championship game. There is a gap between where Philadelphia is and where Dallas is, whether Cowboys fans want to admit it or not. Mac, next, ESPN Radio. Mac, who you got in this, bud? Hey, guys, uh, just real quick, I, I think the Eagles obviously are the team to beat, and I don't think the, I don't think the Giants are even remotely even in the conversation. And uh, for what they – listen, what they did – what they are doing to Saquon Barkley is going to come back and it's going to haunt them in years to come. The contract they gave him – of $11 million and then turning around the very next day or same day and signing Andrew Thomas to that monster contract. It's such an insult and slap of the face to the guy who's been the, the franchise. And I understand it's it's a running back market. What What's going on right now in this running back market? You're not paying them. But, you know, every every team is different. And Saquon is different to the team than Josh Jacobs is a little bit to the Raiders or maybe uh, who's the other guy that got franchised? I forgot. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Pollard. Uh, exactly. You know, but, well, but, but here, here's the point. And, and listen, you could talk about the Giants insulting him all you want. Kenty, I am sympathetic to the plight of the running back right now mm. because great running backs still make a huge difference in this league. They do. Look at what McCaffrey did when he went over to San Francisco. Look at what Barkley has done when he is healthy. While I am sympathetic to that in this particular instance, 
I feel like Barkley did this to himself. I feel like he did this to himself because the opportunities were there to get a lot more guaranteed money, and he may end up with getting a, a decent chunk if he gets franchised uh, after this season, but to not even allow himself the opportunity to go to free agency after this year, after all of that, I think he's going to regret it in a big way. Well, for a practical matter, even if the Giants franchise tag him after this year, it's going to be 12 or $13 million, depending on whether he hits his incentives. That's the top of the running back market on average annual value anyway. So Saquon Barkley, in effect, would be ending up getting 23 to $24 million over two years, which is what it would have been on a multi-year deal had he signed it when they were negotiating during the 2022 season. So I, I get why they don't have the clause in place because – I'm sure that Saquon's camp would welcome a franchise tag based on where the running back market is. But I think the running back is also resigning himself to the fact that he's going to have to go year to year because he's getting to the tail end of his prime. And, and teams around the National Football League are not going to pay running backs huge guarantees once they get into their sixth season or beyond. Remember, the prime for a running back in the NFL, first five years of their career, Saquon Barkley is past that now. And that's why it's going to make it hard for him to get the kind of payday, long-term, multi-year deal that he might be looking for at the start of the offseason. So where did Saquon go wrong in all of this? One of our NFL insiders, one of the very best, joins us in just moments. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier today on Greeny. Russ is the AI quarterback. That's what he is. It's like he was built like a machine and somebody is running him with a cell phone when he speaks. Like chat GPT. He's the Manchurian candidate in the NFL. Is Absolutely. that what we're doing? <laughs> Absolutely. Chat GPT is basically Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's what it is. I could ask him a question, and he's going to end every statement with, Broncos Nation, let's ride. Certainly feels that way. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, Series XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joins us for Greeny, coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. And Dan, we were just talking during the break, you're actually going to be out west here soon yeah. and visiting the Broncos camp. Let's, so for the moment, before we get to Saquon Barkley, let's just start there. When it comes to all of the impediments that he faced last year, is it simple enough to look at Sean Payton and say this 
is going to be able to fix the problem. No, and the reason is that the the comments you were just making there uh, as we were coming out of break the, the about him being AI quarterback when he talks, right? Mm-hmm. He's the opposite of that as a quarterback, right? Like he he's famously better when the play breaks down, when he's on the move out of the pocket and has to make something happen as opposed to playing within the structure of an offense. And I think Sean Payton will impose a great deal of structure. So if, if, if it's true that Russell doesn't excel playing within structure, then there could be a problem. Now, I don't know. Like he, he's smart. He understands what went wrong last year. He knows what he has to do uh, to get better. And he knows that there are some legacy things on the line for him. So, uh, it may be that he can get it figured out, but I don't think it's automatic to say Peyton gets it fixed because uh, I think Peyton will require him to do a lot of things that are on script and a lot of the issues last year and a lot of the stuff in Seattle that was actually masked by how well he performed uh, were, were as a result of him going off of script. And so we'll see how much of that uh, is a fact. I think things will be better organized around him, Right. Like Nathaniel Hackett was a first time head coach. Uh, I think a lot of the issues last year had to do with, you know, that and the fact that, you know, it took a while for the play to get in. None of that's going to be an issue anymore. The question is how Wilson meshes with what Peyton needs him to do. Graz, big picture for the Denver Broncos. You're talking about a quarterback that makes $48.5 million a year, a head coach that makes $18 million a year. The franchise gave up a combined three first-round draft picks to acquire those two men. What exactly are the expectations of ownership in Denver for year one with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton? Well, I think that's really interesting because ownership is new, right? Like, that's the... That's the question. Now, they were in place when the Wilson deal was signed, and obviously they hired Sean Payton. So the figures you're quoting, and yes, it's Walmart money, so like that's, that's not maybe as much to them as it would be to the rest of us, but um, I think the expectations are high, and I think those numbers indicate as much. They're, you know, you don't bring in Russell Wilson and Sean Payton to just sort of be a contender. You bring in these guys because they've won the Super Bowl, and that's what you're trying to do. So, yeah, I think... You play in the AFC West. You've got to get past Patrick Mahomes. You've got to get past Justin Herbert. These are, these are difficult challenges, but I think the Broncos have put together a coach-quarterback combination that they would tell you they feel uh, can be the equal of any, and I think that's the expectation. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider with us. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Let's hear from Joe Shane earlier today, uh, the Giants general manager, on why they were not able to get a deal done long-term with Saquon Barkley. Why wasn't it able to get done? Again, like, we talked for over nine and a half months. We came to kind of a landing spot, and they came to a landing spot, and we couldn't we couldn't bridge the gap. Like I said, that's okay. Like, Saquon has to do what's best with him, you know, for him and his family. And I respect the hell out of Saquon. And... I'm never going to tell somebody to to do something that they don't think is right. So, again, I respect Saquon. I admire him. I'm glad he's here. Again, we weren't able to get something done long term, but he's here and, again, fired up that he's going to be on the field today. All right. So what was your read on how this all ended up at the very tail end with Saquon agreeing yesterday? I I mean, I think he just gave in, right? Like, there's not – I mean, yes, he got maybe some incentives and and some of the money moved up front, but no real material change in what the franchise tag was. And – and I think he, he once July 17th came and went without a long-term deal, it seems like he made the decision of saying, well, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit out. I'm not going to miss camp. I want to be there for my teammates, so I'll just take what it, what's on the table and try again next year. So that appears to be uh, what happened. I'm interested to see what happens. If he stays healthy, if he's productive, if he plays well, do the Giants have a different 
uh, a different frame of mind about this next year after two straight healthy seasons instead of one, right? Um, is the franchise tag going to be in a position where it's in the Giants' best interest to do a long-term deal next year? Uh, so I'm interested to see how that goes. But I do think it was a little bit funny that this morning the news breaks about them giving their left tackle a massive contract. And if you're wondering, <laughs> oh, they don't prioritize the running back position, which positions do they prioritize? They gave you their answer. Hmm. Exactly so. And it's clear that it's Joe Shane running everything with the Giants and ownership is not necessarily getting too involved with the negotiations, which is a good sign. Uh, talking with ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziato on Greeny. And Dan, just spinning it forward for the Giants, what's the bar to clear for Daniel Jones considering what the franchise has done around the quarterback over the last two years, including the recent signings of Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas? Yeah, I think... You know, he threw 15 touchdown passes last year to Daniel Jones. They, they want more in the passing game. And they feel like with the addition of Darren Waller and some of the other things they did around him that, that he should take a, a leap forward in the passing game. What happened last year was Brian Dayball comes in. You know Brian Dayball doesn't want to be run first, run heavy, right? He would love to throw, but he, he assessed what he had and said, we don't have the receivers to, to, to chuck it like we did in Buffalo. So while they put that together... They asked a lot of Daniel Jones to, to be a part of the run, a big part of the run game, to help carry them in ways that didn't necessarily depend on his arm and his ability to throw touchdown passes. But I do think the evolution is better in the passing game this year. Um, and maybe he needs to run. Maybe they don't need him to run as much, which is good to keep him out of harm's way a little bit. Stay healthy again, like Saquon. This is a player who's had a hard time staying healthy throughout his career, so they want to see that for a second year in a row. And really just progress. I think progress... Uh, as a productive passing game so they get to the point where they can they can assess and add again next year in terms of receiver. As far as holdouts go, bigger concern, Nick Bosa, Zach Martin? I think it's Zach Martin because I think the 49ers knew about Bosa and they've been working with him on a deal. But talking to the Cowboys throughout this offseason, my impression was three contract extensions, uh, Trevon Diggs, which just got done, um, C.D. Lamb and Terrence Steele, the right tackle. I, I didn't hear anything about Zach Martin. I think with two years left on his deal, they weren't expecting this to be an issue right now. So they have to kind of recalibrate. I think they'll get it done. The Cowboys are, are pretty good at signing their guys. But I think this is something that maybe may have, they will never say it, but may have caught them a little bit off guard as training camp starts. Dan, we're in the middle of our two-a-days here on ESPN Radio, breaking down two teams each day in their outlook for 2023. We had the Broncos and the Rams today. And my question to you about the Rams, considering where they're at in their program development, they're a team that feels like they're a lot closer to a rebuild than a championship contender. If that's the case, does Aaron Donald finish his career as a Los Angeles Ram or does he get moved elsewhere? I think a lot of that, Chris, is probably going to be up to Aaron Donald, right? Like if they don't play well in the first couple months of this season, right, and they're out of contention – and he's thinking, well, I'm almost at the end. I want to try and win one. Does, does he tell them, like, hey, maybe I'd like to go somewhere else? In which case, maybe the most awesome trade deadline pickup of all time for somebody, if, if that's, yeah. if that's yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah, that's but it's an if, because I don't know his mind. He may be content with the Super Bowl he won and finish his career with the Rams, and, 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 and that's fine. And, and who could begrudge him that? This is not a man with anything at all left to prove. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm keeping half an eye on it, right? Because if they, if they bottom out, if they tank, then I think, you know, he's somebody that maybe, maybe he looks to, to, to go somewhere and, and win one more before the end of his career. I, I can't 
think of a team he wouldn't help. Uh, last one. Do you plan to or have you seen Barbenheimer? Barbie and Oppenheimer. I would like to see Oppenheimer. Uh, I'm, I could take or leave Barbie. That, that's where I am on it. Oppenheimer, to me, I, like I'm looking at like I'm, I got my training camp trip coming up, right? And I right. Got, got a lot of, lot of time to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at like, are there IMAX theaters near this team's camp? Where I can see it? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not on, I'm not doing that with Barbie. Well, listen, just stay out of the fights because there was apparently a fight at a, a Barbie screening uh, between two people there, I don't like, think get, things getting ugly. I don't. Man. You don't. You don't have to worry about. You me don't ever seem to me to be a, a guy. Like you that. would never instigate anything, would you? Not like o- any not kind a, of a not over Barbie. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not over Barbie. <laughs> Danny, great stuff. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. It's going to be all over camps, especially out west, uh, starting next week. And you know, Canty, just getting to the Rams here. Uh, and the whole discussion around Aaron Donald, that is the biggest thing that has my attention this season. I thought it was interesting that um, you saw Matt Stafford not willing to restructure his deal at all. He wants to make sure that he gets every penny of that. You understand it. But Donald's the one, uh, you know, I've talked to people around the Rams, and, and the feeling is, yeah, he likes it here a lot, but that feeling of winning by midseason could get kind of enticing for him. Well, I'm sure that the franchise is hoping that it does if they fall out of contention because guess what? He's their biggest asset that they could move in order to get picks and players that could potentially jumpstart the rebuild. So that would make a lot of sense to move Aaron Donald if you're talking about them being four, you know, three or four games out of 500 at at the trade deadline. I I mean, yeah, that would make the most sense. I, I don't know that Aaron Donald has an appetite to leave Southern California. Mm. He's made a lot of money. He's got a nice, comfortable lifestyle. He, he's got his own businesses going on. So I, I don't know that that's the direction that he would want to go. But, but certainly, if he was amenable to it, if he was open to it, it would make a lot of sense. Boy, if I were, if I were him, and, I mean, I, let's just throw out a team. Let's just say, I don't know, the Cowboys or somebody who was really pushing it this year and you felt like had a chance, I think that'd be a pretty cool way to kind of end your career. You know, there was the there was the retirement talk a couple of years ago. I didn't necessarily buy that it was around just getting a, a bigger contract. I do think Aaron Donald is not going to play it out until the very end. Yeah, I think he'll play it out to the very end. This is somebody that's highly competitive. And if he's got another chance to ring chase, albeit only a few months at the end of this season, Mm. then I could see a world where that happens. Uh, I absolutely could see a world where that happened. And any team with a chance to get Aaron Donald immediately just changes the entire dynamic of their championship hopes. Tomorrow, another one. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.